I had, um, so I was a backslidden Christian and then I died and while spun out on drugs and I was kind of given just an overview during the near death experience that we are just playing a game. Welcome to the Reality Transurfing Podcast, brought to you by Transurfing TV. I'm your host, Bootsy Greenwood, and today I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Jessa Reed, uh, who's a comedian and oh so much more. Um, you can see her special on Comedy Central, This Is Not Happening, um, about meth pee. And I just kind of want to throw out a little bit of a disclaimer here uh, at the beginning of this episode. This one's not going to be for the faint of heart. Uh, we talk about some pretty raw stuff. So if you like your spirituality grungy, then this is definitely going to be the episode for you. Um, if you uh, if if that sort of thing uh, puts you off, then this may not be the episode for you. Just keeping in mind that transurfing is about being your most authentic self, and we talk about some pretty intense concepts in this particular episode. So I just kind of want the uh, listener to be equipped for what they're getting themselves into. And uh, yeah, I think most of you are really going to like it. It's uh, it's raw, it's real, and it's it's gritty. So enjoy this episode with comedian Jessa Reed. Let's get right into it. Um, I have been playing with the idea before uh, timelines and variations really came into focus for me. Uh as they were coming into focus, I felt like I, I started playing with the idea, like, what if everyone could tune in? And I feel like hippies have tried this shit before. And I like kind of shit on the new age movement, which is weird because we believe a lot of the same thing, but there's something I, it doesn't feel genuine. It feels, uh, I don't know. There are a couple now talking about shadow work and stuff where I'm like, well, at least now we're acknowledging the darkness. I hate feigned positivity. I hate, uh, they just, I can feel the rage boiling underneath the surface because they're not <laughs> dealing with any of their real problems. And then I also just have a weird issue with it being a business, which I don't, I do. And I don't like, I have friends that are tarot readers and I'm like, you should make money off of what you do. Mm -hmm. And then there's something about, I don't know. I can't figure it. I think it's the way they do it. And it doesn't feel real. It almost feels like when I'm feeling more conspiracy theory, it feels like the matrix hijacked the movement. Uh-huh. Absolutely. I think that happens a lot, actually, like with a lot of grassroots movements, you know, like I used to like Dave Matthews too, but I mean, look what happened to that guy, right? <laughs> um, I, the secret I liked because it mainstreamed this idea that we were creating our reality, but it left out such giant pieces of the puzzle that it almost set people up to fail and um, kind of gave man manifesting reality a bad reputation. Yeah, totally. Well, I heard someone say, and I, I believe this is true and I'm not sure which one it's like, with that book, somebody took the Kabbalion and then they took like two laws out of it and then sort of smooshed them together, like the principle of mentality and then maybe one other one. Um, and then sort of just sold that as some new spiritual law. But it, historically speaking, it, it was never one of the seven hermetic laws anyway. Uh, the law of, you know, what do they call it? The law of attraction. So yeah, yeah there's a lot more to it than that. Um, but it does give a piece. And I, and, I, and I at first got into the secret too. And uh, I think it, it did le lead a lot of people on and lead them astray and create like a really a lot of people who are. And, and I think it's always good to ask questions and shoot holes in things like, why wouldn't you? Um, but right. I, I, I see exactly what you mean by that. I had um, so I was a backslidden Christian and then I died and while spun out on drugs and I was kind of given just an overview during the near death experience that we are just playing a game and that we have been playing a game here the whole time. We are God, which was a huge shift from what I believed at the time, which was that I was a Christian who was backslidden, uh, because I wanted to sin. And I just knew it in that moment. And I understood all of a sudden what light and vibration and everything else was. I understood that we were playing a game. I came back to earth. And then for like four years while on drugs, um, was taught how to control the game. Uh, 
but you know, I my disclaimer is always that could have been the drugs. But a lot of what they said <laughs> could be schizophrenia. A lot of what they said about reality that we we're switching games essentially and that what is now called ascension um the shift in the games would we would go from like a fear-based dichotomy-based reality in which nobody knows they're playing the game and the game tosses you about and uh you're kind of subjugated to it to us waking up realizing that we're playing the game we're gonna have way more dimensions or like layers that we can play with and um i the confusing between dimensions as i understood it from them and what i so i call them timelines or timeline jumping because dimensions would be like uh new levels that come on board like the fourth was the ether or the astral plane. And that's something that sounds woo woo and weird, but I describe it to people as uh, now everyone can hear when other people are lying. You can hear when someone's telling you like, I got to buy this car and they have all these justifications for why they got to buy this car or why they got to leave their wife. And you can just hear them. So you can kind of like tune into their intent. Is that kind of, yeah. You can hear the, like, it feels like subtext and okay. I call it hearing and that, but I don't mean audibly. It's like a, but if you, that place, that place where you can feel the truth is the ether, the astral plane. And, um, I think that's where we're at. Have you heard of, uh, Robert Anton Wilson's, uh, eight circuit? It's also actually Timothy Leary's, I think originally, but the eight circuit model of consciousness. Have you ever heard of that? No. No, I'm going to put that. Oh, that was 1111. I'm going to put that in. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Robert Anton Wilson. He wrote a book called Prometheus Rising. Okay. Um, and it's really good. It's what the thinker thinks the prover proves. Um, you know, it was something that I discovered uh, before transurfing. And I, I think transurfing brought things into way more of a focus and really explained some of these more nuanced comp, uh, topics. But the idea is like the four basic levels of consciousness are like what we learn in developmental psychology, right? Like the first part being the maternal, like the first year of life and then the paternal where the ego is developed in the second. And then in the third one, semantic logic reasoning is formed. And then in the fourth one, that is adolescence in the sexual circuit. But up above that, it goes up, 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 up into these higher dimensions, kind of like what you're talking about. And then the eighth one would be infinity or what I guess quantum science is calling E8. Have you heard of this? sort of no concept. no there's this uh youtube video uh by quantum gravity research and I, i've seen like two of them um and i'm happy to send notes by the way um but it basically is talking about how there may be this like this informational sector which may be where you went to alien meth school potentially i don't know or where we all go because i love my favorite thing from transurfing or one of them is that we're like this droplet that's in the water you know and we're like yes we're detached from the water but we're still the water and that's what enlightenment is but i i think that like that e8 might be kind of what what he's touching on in the, as far as like the space of alternates or as Tufti calls it where all the films sto are stored or archived yeah, so I thought when I was reading about the film archive, I thought of the uh, Akashic Records, where you can just, it's like the internet, where you can just tap into all information always. Okay. And once you have kind of tapped into that collective consciousness, a lot of people with, who have had NDEs, who I think just go back to the, the big, the big pool of water they then can just access that whenever. And now the real internet is so easy and accessible, but right after I woke up, uh, you, the internet wasn't, this was like 2000. So it was a thing, but it wasn't like in your pocket, you know? And um, I remember just knowing information. Like someone would ask a question and then I would answer the question in my head. I would be like, I just made that up. I had to have just made that up. And then I would, I would look it up and it, it was true. And I was learning how to kind of tap into this place where all human experience is stored. 
it would be Bran in Game of Thrones, I guess. Um, right. right. <laughs> oh my god. I just started watching Game of Thrones like uh, a month ago, and I'm so full of Game of Thrones references. Oh, dude, let me spoil. Let me spoil it for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Trump wins. Ah, damn it. I'm sorry. I had to make a bad. No, no. Joke. I watched the end. I only watched the last season. Oh, okay. All right. And then right. I'll go back and watch the rest, which is kind of how I need so, to do things. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, right on. Yeah, no. I actually I'm way behind on Game of Thrones, so I haven't seen the end or any of that yet. But like, I only watched like the first two seasons. My mom really likes it, but uh, ah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mom. <laughs> oh, mom. Mom always tells me what to watch. Uh, actually, was over at her house the other day, and, and she's in a similar situation, maybe as your dad. Like, she'll ask me about this stuff. And we've always been pretty close, but she's still a Christian, and it's too late in her life for her to like tear that belief system down, you know? Like, she kind of has to have it there. Otherwise, I think she'd be really in a weird place. So I yeah. try as best I can not to get frustrated with her and also to just kind of try and explain some of these ideas in a way. And they all make sense. I mean, they all mirror so many other ideas, and especially the ones of Jesus, not necessarily right. his followers, but of Jesus. Um, and so I think that's what's really neat about it. And she's been really cool and supportive, and she's caught on a lot. But she's always weary of of the devil, you know, and that's, yeah. that's the sort of weird thing to kind of navigate there, right? Um, one weird thing that I noticed, and uh, so the the aliens used a lot of language like by the way, I think aliens are just guides, but I called them aliens because I thought it was funny, and they do look a little bit like aliens. But um, they uh, talked a lot about kind of tribes, and I've since heard language like cut from the same energetic cloth. For a while, I thought there was maybe only a thousand of us on the planet. Now I think that there are a ton of us playing among each other, but we're playing such vastly different games that we are we are extras in each other's movies. But something I noticed about my tribe is that every single person that I've ever felt like you're cut from the same energetic cloth or anybody I've ever woken up, uh, assisted in their awakening, whatever, um, was indoctrinated at one point. And I, a lot of kind of the training with the aliens had a lot of like codes that were in the Bible, like that the scripture had a ton of real information that had been drastically misinterpreted because if you hand secret knowledge to people who are asleep, the analogy I use is in um, Men in Black 2, where he leaves a business card in the locker and then those little tiny cute aliens just make a religion out of it. Do you remember that part? That like that's what people turn the Bible into this like book of rules because they don't understand what it's actually saying because they can't they don't have the key, right? They don't have they don't understand the code where Jesus was really just like none of this is real. Yeah, this is a this is a this is a a, a game. It is. It's a serious one, right? Or depending on how yep. seriously you take it. But yeah, it absolutely is a game and Honestly, my experience too, it mirrors yours. I definitely, you know, I guess since we're, we're just going to be super candid. You know what? I, I don't care. Uh, I, you know, like I grew up in, in, uh, in the South here in Georgia. So like meth is so common, like it, it's, you know, like mechanics and you know, all that stuff. I never really liked it. But then when I got in college, had some experience with more psychedelics. And then whenever I dropped out of college, that was a result of meth and mushrooms. Uh, at the same time, which was interesting because there were dancing bears and also like vampire bats at the same, like it was like a, like a weird Radiohead song there at the end of that whole bender. But um, that really showed me that there's something behind the curtain and I, I had to know what it was. So that's, I think, why Pentecostal church and like all these extreme you know, sort of ventures, a venture into drugs, you know, and then an LSD as well, uh, tried a, a bit of that and then had an experience one time on that. Most, most of those were relatively surface experiences, but I had a really, uh, really profound experience on LSD one time where like, I really didn't even care like about the walls breathing, which is like usually why, why you would take that or whatever. And the trees dancing, I just laid in my bed and, uh, I saw a lot of 
like the sort of visuals, like all these bricks just crumbling in my mind. And I saw myself walking down into myself, like this like shadow to this cellar door, opening it, falling into it, and then winding back up at the top again. And then the other uh, experience that I had was like, I, like I said, I didn't really care about the visuals around me. I just was very focused on the inside of myself and uh, all these questions were running through my head, just racing every question. Like, like it seemed like 10 or 20 questions at the same time, but every single answer was the same and it was just love. And that was a really profound experience that kind of woke me up and yeah, drug induced true. But I mean, I listened to John Lennon nonstop for like six months after that, as I'm sure you can imagine. And I was very, <laughs> very, very sensitive, like, like dark humor, which I enjoy, like, but like after that, like, it's like, I, it's like, I got real close to the sun or something, you know what I mean? And like coming yeah. back from that, like I, I was really sensitive for a while and it took me a little while to kind of be, you know, cynical and sarcastic for fun as a, as a, as a fun, you know, sort of uh, thing to do with, with play. Wow. Speaking of your, speaking of your NDE, I remember you saying, um, like you were in that place and basically the choice was yours. Like you could come back or you could stay here and you had no attachment at all to staying here because that place is just such a, I don't know. I can't imagine like ethereal, just joy, bliss. Um, what, why, why did you choose to come back? Um, I said, cause I, I woke up twice. So it said, you did everything you came to do. You learned everything you, you, you came to learn went to learn, whatever. Um, you can stay here home if you want, or you can go back. If you want to go back, we have something cool you can do. And that's comedy. No, it was, I guess what I'm doing now, but for a long time I was like, cause then I just woke up tweakers and I like, which was, um, uh, which was, uh, you know, like ITT tech for light workers. I don't fucking know, but I, um, My internship was what I thought the gig was later. And I was like, I think you really overstated cool. (laughs) This is lame. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's funny. I woke up for a second because I was like, who? Who do I need to help? So I came back for a second and I looked at the people who were standing next to the hospital bed. And in that moment, I feel the attachment, right? I'm, um, uh uh, in the attachment of the people around me of the life. Like once I've jumped back into the body and then I went back and was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go back. That's cool. And then when I came back again, both times I had to like live my entire life, which was the strangest part of the experience was I had to like fast forward through my entire life to get to the present moment. And, um, then I was just suicidal for, Well, I had five days after that that I was in like a twilight sleep, a very magical kind of experience, what I would later call dream school, where I was just kind of in this giant library of consciousness and existence and just going through all of it. And then I woke up and it was such a weird, I was in a room that was painted blue that someone left me in a house because they were trying to kill me, but that's besides the point. And then like there was Nietzsche, there was just weirdly Nietzsche in this room. And I was never smart. I dropped out of school. I didn't under, like I wasn't smart. I didn't think I was smart. And I'm just thumbing through this book and I understand everything he's saying. And I understand that he's talking about this, right? And then, uh, then within a couple weeks, I started to get suicidal because the bliss was still fresh. And I felt like I had made the wrong decision and that I could have left this, this paradigm where pain exists. And I, and I picked the wrong thing and it took, it took several failed, weirdly failed suicide attempts and probably about six months. Oh my God. Like weird. I like hung myself from a doorknob. And then when I woke up, I was in my room the the tie or whatever I hung myself with was gone. I never saw it again. None of my roommates remember putting me in my room. Uh, if you've ever seen Russian doll. Yeah. 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 That's a great show. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that. Like I just kept looping back to that bathroom, I guess. 
got it. Oh my God. Holy shit, dude. That's amazing. Unbelievable. And then, yeah, then I just got like, I, I, I signed a new contract and then, uh, that was it. So you can, you can come back if you want. That's what I learned from that experience is that nobody dies against their will. And a lot of people say, uh, well, that can't be true because my dad died and my dad would have never left me. And, uh, my answer to that is unless of course you and your dad arranged for this to be your life experience before you got here. Sure. Or if you can experience unconditional love and you, and you, and you've maybe never understood that or had a glimpse into that your entire life, you would just be like, like kind of like how I was, even though it was drug induced, I, you know, like it's very real to me. Like, and I guess that's somewhat controversial, you know, like, but I don't really care. You know, it, I, to me, the, the, the way to get, get there is almost irrelevant, you know, uh, I, but I, that's to each their own, I guess. I I'm not, not trying to talk people into doing drugs. And I certainly would neither. not recommend that ever anyone do meth because uh, nobody else had this experience on meth. But as far as psychedelics and DMT and stuff are concerned, if I was going to write a movie about people um, trapped in a video game of their own creation, it wouldn't be a crazy plot point that there was a substance to break you out for a short amount of time. And then it's still, you still have to have the inner knowing and confidence in yourself to, um, believe those experiences were real and not discount them because they were on drugs. My thing is like, maybe it was, maybe I have a brain tumor. Maybe it was meth induced schizophrenia. I just have yet to get to the point where it fucking matters. Like I've yet to get to the point. I'm still happier than everyone else. I know I am constantly unfolding what I believe to be a riddle that we are trapped inside of. And I have more, I'm more content. I'm more excited. I'm more, you know, I'm, I'm 42 years old and, and most of my contemporaries are going through a midlife crisis or something, which I guess I could be, that could be what's happening. But like, I, I'm not eking out my existence. I'm not trapped in a life I don't like. I'm not surrounded by things that don't bring me joy. Like I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm happy. It's fun. And I think that we don't even understand it yet. I think we're just scratching the surface. I think even books like these are still like we have to understand it at this level to get to the point where we start to unfold the next level. And um, I think we might right, be AI. Right. You, can't, you can't see it, right? Like you can't see it because it's, it's just out of reach. It's like, yeah, it's like from 2D to 3D, right? So you would never know. It's like that that one book like the the i can't remember what it's called it's super super old book but it's like the flat line people you know and it's like but you can't perceive of this like whatever's going on extrasensory because it's not possible for you to with your with your five senses but i agree with you and like it's like you can only get so close to truth you can't ever really put your finger on it right like right I do think I can't really understand anything I read until I've already figured it out on my own, which is weird, the timing between reality transurfing and when I found it, because a lot of the stuff that I talk about comes from my own life experience, like my own experimentation or me putting together pieces of the puzzle. I get a lot of um, kind of messages from billboards. These are all schizophrenic uh, symptoms. Also, I'm aware of that. Uh, I get messages from like <laughs> billboards. where like, okay, right now I'm going through a breakup and it's sad and whatever. And it's, it's been rough. It's been a rough few weeks. And I felt it coming. Like I knew the breakup was coming, but I felt like this morning and that, that other, uh, losses were going to, were also going to, like I was staring down the barrel of a grief gun. And I knew that June was going to be May and June were going to be this time where I was really just going to have to cry it out and get through it. And then I kept describing this Phoenix from the ashes uh, that I could also feel was coming next. And uh, I'm walking down the street and apparently there's a new X movie coming out, X-Men movie, movie coming out called Dark Phoenix. And then it says it's coming out on June 7th. <laughs> and just the way that I communicate with the game 
is I know that means like, cause at this point this is weeks ago. Right. And I'm just in the, in the, I'm like, when does this ever end? And I see that billboard and I'm like, all right, I know that the, the rebirth process will start around June 7th. And I have lived my life like that for almost 20 years and it, it never is wrong. So it's just because of the way that I'm playing the game, because of the way that my eyes are open to it, because of the way that I don't discount my intuition, I don't doubt everything. I trust myself and I trust myself to put things into the game like to reflect them out for myself, I saw that and I was like, okay, I will turn a corner. Like, I just know that the corner is June 7th. That's why I saw that. And I get a lot of that stuff, like imagery stuff that I, I have, I describe things with metaphors all the time. And then the game like shows me those metaphors so that I can, I know how things are going to play out. And a lot of things are oracles for me. And, um, and sure as shit, what is it? Is it the, it's almost the seventh. It's the sixth. Uh, I would say the last 48 hours has been, uh, I can feel the corner turning. That's um, amazing. That's, that's so cool. No, I, so basically you're experiencing all these concepts and then when you read them in a book, it's just confirmation of the experiences that you've already had. Yeah. So that's, what's so exciting. Otherwise it won't register. I will read the same line over and over again. And I think this might be something that I don't like about, I don't, I can never stop shitting on the new age movement. I can't, I want to like get in a room with one of these people so that I can find out that I'm actually just like, I hate, like, I hate myself like, or something, but like I'm in a manifest an ass whooping for you, pal. Right. Yeah, I just, yeah, just like, uh, I'll probably just find out that it's like self-hatred or something. Um, I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of people with just skeletons in the closet. And what those are, too, is, you know, how like that whole pendulum idea, too, right? So um, I think what happens a lot is that we start moving forward and we're like, oh, we're doing this, all this stuff. But we didn't deal with all that inner, inner crap. And what yep. happens is that just swings back. And that's that whole shadow thing that young talks about. So I, I, I'm not a big fan of it either because that misled me. And then, and then I got into like conspiracy theory later on and, you know, went down that rabbit hole and then I needed something. Well, we really did take the same path. <laughs> yeah. I went deep into that and then I needed something to pull me out of that. Cause that put me in a really, really dark depression. That was maybe like six or seven years ago or something. I would just sit there and like watch the twin towers, like go <laughs> crumble on youtube like oh my goodness over and over again just like oh my god good thing we got to the bottom of that huh <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't want to get me started on 9 11 no no um, but <laughs> do you what's your birthday i'm a cancer seven seventeen eighty two. i'm a double cancer moon and really seven. yeah wow um go ahead <laughs> I don't know much about astrology. Uh, I have a friend who does, and I kind of blindly rely on him, uh, which is a little bit dangerous. But um, but he's been talking about uh, big changes too, like kind of what you're talking about. And and when you saw that billboard, that's perfectly that perfectly illustrates one of the points in Vadim's book, where he's talking about you you don't listen to to direct advice, but you can take signs from the universe, like that weird X Men sign or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, I, so before reality transurfing, uh, came out, there was something that shifted in the way that I, I hear and see things. Uh, I, like I, I operate very intuitively and, uh, the way the aliens broke down kind of how the game works is you have your higher self who's playing like an RPG game, like, uh, up above and can see everything. Right. And then you have your first person shooter which is you living your life through the ego, through the, through the circumference. And you uh, can learn to toggle between the two of those, which is a lot in this uh, uh, Tufty book, right? It's like, um, uh, like waking up when you need to wake up and tuning in and, and moving things around and, and then going back, like you're going to keep going back to sleep. And Something that shifted in the summer of 2017 was that reality stopped feeling like a landscape where I had gotten very good at manifesting whatever I wanted. And it turned into a moving sidewalk where suddenly I had 
a very clear, I could see the trajectory. I knew that if I stayed on this path right now, it was going to end like this. I can pretty much like how I knew the grief was coming this summer. Uh, I knew my finances would fall apart in, in March or April. Um, I could feel, and it felt like, like a path. And then after a while, I accidentally got off of that path and crazy things happened that year. And I, I knew they were coming. And then I got off of that path because the trajectory to that was uh, great. And I accidentally got off of it. And then all of a sudden I could feel multiple paths next to each other. And I never understood when people talked about timelines and dimensions, I understood as like layers of consciousness. And I never, uh, I had heard of string theory, but I, it, it, I could never form it because that's not what it felt like to me. And now I could feel all these sidewalks. I could feel all these these variations. And now I'm moving and I don't know how to get back to the other one. Cause I don't know how I got on this one. And do you remember back to the future? Do you saw back to the future, right? Yes. He yes. has the picture of his parents or whatever, uh -huh. or of his family. And it keeps fading. And he has, he's like, he has to like move. He has to do things affect the future to get that back. That's what it felt like. I was like, I, the trajectory that I wanted has faded. I don't know how to get back to it. And, um, I did the, the podcast you listened to last night where I basically broke down the things that I had just figured out, like in reality transferring, it talks about releasing importance. And I always experienced that as in, you have to, uh, know you're going to get something without needing it. You can't have like a, a, a pushing desperation because you'll push it away. You have to, but you have to know, like, you can't leave it in fantasy land. Like you can't be like, uh, one day I would like to be an actor and then never fucking do anything to become an actor. Or I would like a new apartment as soon as money falls out of the sky, but you never do anything to get that money. But if you take that same person and you, uh, evict them from their apartment, they will immediately figure out how to get a new apartment because they have taken it off the back burner in fantasy land and put it in the, I have to do this. But if that same person puts it into a, why does everyone else get to have an apartment and I need it, you know, they won't get it either because that's like not how you create anything. And so when I read these books, it's like uh, talking about trying to control things with your inner intention, right? you know, which is that, that needy, uh, envious, wanty, yearning, longing, doesn't fucking do anything, just right. stagnates you. Oh my God. It's so cool that you've experienced, cause you, I mean, you experience, like, there's, there, we, we could, you know, words are just signposts. So right. these labels, you know, like, but it's amazing that you've, cause you're like a master at that. You're like, you're like, I, I think I even remember on Bert, Bertcast, you were talking about the, your comedy special on Comedy Central, the, this is not happening and how you were like, you had already made all these plans and you were still coming to LA. And then they were like, Oh, but we're going to cut the season in half. And somehow you were like, no, nah, this is going to still come out. You know, <laughs> like, and it came out on the internet or something. I, maybe I'm, that was I, I, the big, no, that's, that's, that was a huge, that was when the trajectory started. And I was uh, like telling everyone else I'd had the experience before where I had to stare down reality. Um, uh, but I know that if I try to manifest something, my favorite example of this is in 2009, I was like, I want to own a house. And it's the crash, right? It's the crash. I'm a few years clean from drugs. Like my husband and I have just started to get, you know, we just got our driver's licenses and everything back. Like we are not, uh, like ready for home ownership. And I was like, I'm going to manifest a house. We're going to figure out how to manifest a house. And then within months he lost his job. He was at a job paying half as much. We almost lost everything. We had to move across the country, move in with my parents. We move in with my parents. It's very uncomfortable living in my parents' house. I have a little baby, two teenagers, and uh, I can't wait to get the fuck out of my parents' house, but we don't have enough money to rent. And my dad's friend is a realtor. And somehow we just squeeze a fucking a house out of this. We end up buying a house in like nine months. And I lost everything to get there. And I hated it the whole time it was happening. And I was in this house for months before I remembered, 
uh, oh shit, I created this. Everything falls apart in the old reality to get you to the new one. I do think there are ways to like, you know, put, put an asterisk on it and be like, could you deliver this without a fucking nightmare first? But I kind of <laughs> like, no, that's what makes it fun. That's why I like production work, right? Like, are we going to get this? To, is it going to, is it get, and then finally it does, you know, but like, I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Like, I never you, do the asterisk. You you have to, you get, yeah, I, I've never been able to, like, I'm not that good, but like, uh, you know, things have to go. There's only so room for so much, right? Like you have to get rid of stuff to make room for the new, right? It has to be seamless. And so if you are, sh if you are changing the plot of a movie in the middle, it's not just going to have a, a weird edit in the middle, a cut, and then right. it's the next thing you're making the plot like shape around that. So I, uh, right, right. I did think the, about it. That's such a cool the, metaphor. I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is why I love this book is cause this is like how I, uh, how I think, um, I did the two cut method recently and I put on the, the two cut method that I wanted to be financially independent from my ex-husband and my ex-husband was giving me quite a bit of, uh, money still. And I just was like, tired of how that, I mean, I have his kids, but like, I was tired of how it felt and I wanted to do my own thing. And in my head, you know, I'm like, I'll, I'll manifest this. It was a good experiment. I wanted to do the two cup method and I wanted to give it something big. Right. And so, uh, the next day he got fired and lost his job and hasn't gotten another job. And I, I've apologized, uh, for that because, uh, I had to become financially independent because sorry, I, uh, fucked you out of your job. <laughs> uh, and everything changed, you know, like I had to fight like a, like shit has been bad. It's been a rough couple months, but like I stay awake now. So when, when the shit goes bad, I just laugh at it. You know, I treat it like it's a movie. I don't get lost in it. So many people are getting what they want all the time and just can't remember like, Oh, I just want to be loved. I just want to be loved. And then someone comes along and loves them. And they're like, I am being smothered, you know, the grass is greener shit where it's like, you know, you're creating all these things that you want and you're always getting them. And then you fall back asleep and forget that you asked for this. You know, you forget that you said you wanted to own a house. Well, that's look what you got. You weren't mm -hmm. going to get it any other way. Cause you're too complacent. You're too, uh, you don't know how to make it happen. So the universe just, uh, you wanted to go from living in Portland in this one situation and I also wanted to be near family. You know, I didn't like that I had a baby and, I, and my family wasn't around. And so the universe really just changed the script and and gave me everything I wanted. But it was a it was a rough year to get there, but an interesting movie to watch, you know, and it's a great uh, intense point in my life to look back on. But when it's happening, you can't lose your shit. I guess you can because I totally lost my shit. I totally forgot that I was manifesting a house. I did not see it for what it was back then. But I've just done that so many times now that I, I like right now, if I wrote down everything that was happening in my life, uh, I tell people and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's I really don't like it's fine. I just know it's fine because I've done this so many times now that I like I know it's not real. You know, I, I, I love that. That's such a great metaphor for it. And, uh, and I've been there too, because there's going to be times of turbulence, you know, like that's just part of the game that we're playing here. So when, when, when things go bad, uh, you know, like what happens to most people is they go into what, what Vadim called, excuse me, I, I'm from the South. I can't pronounce shit. Vadim calls, <laughs> Vadim calls the induced transition, which is just a downward spiral. Right. And, and that's why he says not to judge too, because like, you start judging like a homeless person or a drunk or something like that. Like they probably could have been doing very, very well. And then something just knocked them off balance. And at that point, boom, spiral out of control downward, you know, whereas the way of fortune is also available to us, but we've got to be able to hold our arms up in the mirror, so to speak. Right. Until that reflection agrees with what we've done. So it's, it's us projecting in the mirror, like reflecting. Yeah. God, I love that. It is, uh, yeah, one of the, the number one rules that I live by is that I'm always getting what I want. There is no exception to that. I And that is, I like to debate free will with people. 
And I always feel like people who believe we don't have free will, it's a cop out, right? Like you just, you just right. want to believe that it's out, out of your control so that you don't have to take responsibility for it. But on the other hand, I, I would argue that I believe that I have free will because I can't wrap my mind around the idea of not being in control of my own life. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Counterpoint. I do th- yeah. I, the thing I like about this book is that you don't have free will. So long as you're asleep because you're subjugated to the script, but you have the opportunity to wake up and change the real, which is exactly how I feel about free will. I think you're tossed about by your programming until you wake up and take control of it. Start treating your mind like a computer, recognize that you are just a combination of the things you've you've learned and the input you've taken in and the the things your parents taught you and the way you felt as a kid and the the effect your relationships have had on you. Like recognize that all of this is software that can be switched out if you choose to switch it out. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent example. So in in the Kabbalion, it talks about all truths or half truths, right? So like it's free will versus determinism and they're both true because we are stuck in this film and there's no getting out. And it's like, she's saying in Tufty, like where everybody's trying like hell. And this is the whole like self-help movement. So rah, rah to try to change the frame that you're in. You can't do that material universe, very inert. Like that's not, that's not a possibility, but that's what everybody does. And they waste all their energy when they should be focusing on the forthcoming frame and then projecting toward that and then bringing that uh, frame of reality toward them. So it's, it's both because we are stuck in this uh, pendulum network with, you know, this, this hierarchy and all these kind of things. Uh, But at the same time, we get to choose uh, as well within within the the options that's why like so it's almost like rick and morty i mean do you watch that show yeah i started watching it last year so yeah so like a lot of people love that show and i i really want to start like i probably make like a video like modern day rick and morty or something like that just as clickbait probably because i want to try to get these ideas out there but i mean the idea is like look like all of those alternates exist in this what we could call it the alternative space or whatever they're calling it E8 or whatever here, some of these scientists. Um, and, and, and literally like all of those things are possible, but it's like you said before, you can't just jump from one life track to another life track. That's not possible. You have to gradually make your way there through all these shifts and these shifts are going to go up and down and they're going to seem like, Oh no, something bad's happening. Oh great. Something good's happening. And the biggest thing that I've always done and that's gotten my way is I like, I'm a very, I have a very vivid imagination. And I'm, I have, uh, I'm, it's easy for me to picture stuff, but I, but I get attached to how it's going to happen. I think that, oh, I'm going to do a, that'll be the cause. And then so-and-so will call me back, you know, and then this thing's going to happen, but that's never how it goes. And I think that's why it says never. When has it ever happened for anyone that way? Like, I don't think it ever has. Right. Um, but like, but there's that weird wiggle in whatever is happening and all these variables that our minds can't know you, we can't know everything. Right. So we're trying to navigate from wherever we are to our goal slide. And we don't know what that path is going to look like because there are just so many other, and not to mention other people's wills and all these kind of things. I mean, the whole thing is just, it could turn your mind into like mashed potatoes, but, um, but yeah, both of those things are true. Like we are stuck in this, you know, sort of film, but we also, if we learn how we always are, by the way, he says in the book, and I agree, we always are in control of our world. We're just maybe conscious of it or not. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think you're always creating your reality and I, I'm, I'm still absorbing this, uh, outer intention, like trying to line it up with, um, like kind of how I already saw it. One thing I noticed is that if I over daydreamed about something, I would kill it from happening. And if I tried to form, uh, an idea like if I tried to write the plot for how I was going to get what I wanted, it would, it couldn't happen that way. So I learned to stop doing that. I used to like, uh, spend so much time in fantasy about things that I wanted that I wouldn't get them because I would have like kind of drained the, drained the force out of it or whatever. And, um, I, uh, like right now <clears throat> am like in a place of attachment because I am, mourning a breakup 
And I like, so I'm not trying to create anything right now because I have to, like, I have to let this die a little bit. Otherwise I'm going to drag some of the trauma into the next thing. Like I just intuitively know that I know intuitively just sit here and finish this um, process before trying to get somewhere else because otherwise I'm going to, it's going to shit on the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, that makes so much sense, right? Like if you do bring that in, then that's just going to swing back when you don't want it to. And then you're going to snap yeah. into a, a, a different frame that you're like, Oh shit. You know, you'll be like slightly off, off course. That makes sense. No, we need to be human and deal with ourselves. You know, none of us are perfect at not even close. And uh, you know, I think that's another gripe of mine with the new age thing. And what, what I think like reality transurfing and, and, and these folks are trying to do is, is set this apart and make it accessible. And the really the only thing that uh, if, if there's an Achilles heel to the book, uh, it's that there's not a lot of practical, uh, you know, sort of steps and things like that. Uh, the theories like crazy, amazing, but there's not so many like, uh, like hands-on sort of instructional kind of things. So I think like there's like, 20 or 25 different instructors who are going to start making videos and explaining the concepts and trying to make them a little bit more digestible to sort of the main people, but they don't want to do that in a way that is anything like law of attraction or the new age or new thought community, because it's just, it does seem so fake, right? Like, I think my issue with it is that it is in direct the stuff that I like about these books and the fact that Vadim doesn't want anyone to know who he is. And I'll be interested to see how the instructors work, but like the age of the guru is over. There is no broker between you and your higher self. You have to find your higher self. You can take knowledge, but you have to be able to trust yourself in places that you can't see, touch or take. Like you have to develop new senses and those new senses require you to, to be able to get outside of your programming, outside of, you know, that's why I think there's so much, it's almost encrypted in trauma. Like you have to go, you have to sort through your trauma and your programming to get to it. Um, and I think that that makes it to where, uh, you know, this information just isn't in the wrong hands or we did it that way by design. But if you still believe in things like you have to be worthy, you know, which is like kids who grew up in the, in the church have this belief that like they are innately unworthy. This is the, the, the grossest part of, of religion is that, uh, uh, religion basically says like you are separate from God and I am willing to be a broker between you and God. But when you know that like you're God, that your higher self is the thing that, and then I'm going to tell you that every time you want to jerk off, that is a sin. And now you feel shame every time you have a natural desire. And now you're locked in this. It just locks you into the, the fear-based reality. And what I don't like about the new age community is I just don't, it's a, it's a dependency creating and it is, uh, and I get it. You have a business to build and I don't have a problem with that part. I don't have a problem with building a following or whatever, but like I continuously hammer home and I do a lot to prevent myself from becoming a new age teacher because I could easily, easily turn what I do into that. But I like, I, I make sure it's always in humor and that a lot of times I del deliver it. Um, with like a might be a brain tumor kind of vibe because I don't like, I'm not your guru. I'm not your, you have to trust yourself. You have to trust yourself. And I just don't see that message enough. I see people putting themselves in the place of the guru of the broker, creating a dependency on themselves and they're making money off of it, which who cares? Money is fake as fuck. If people want to give you money for the shit, who gives a shit, but don't mislead people uh, because ultimately if everyone would wake the fuck up, we could just have a better reality, you know, like let's be motivated by that. Let's be motivated by hitting, uh, a critical mass and like just shift out of this shit whole fucking timeline and go do something fun. Like let's levitate and shit. Like we're just still sitting here bitching about fucking Trump, you know, let's get to the next level and we can't get to the next level. If you're breadcrumbing the truth to people so that you can get more fucking, you know, likes and comments or whatever. So that's the thing I think I don't like. And I do, I like the way these things are written because you don't understand them unless you're ready to understand them. 
And, uh, I, and I think, uh, it really, really, really like we have to figure out where we're actually at and we have to figure out where these controls actually are. And I'm afraid sometimes when people get the knowledge before they get the understanding that then it, it makes it abstract and weird. And that's why I try to use like practical descriptions of things because like, you're not here. You're not in this physical body. You're looking out of these eyes. It's a avatar, but trying to figure out where we really are. And so I try to describe like practical applications. When I say I can hear people's thoughts and that sounds like some weird psychic thing that people don't understand. And then I, I give the description of the person who, um, wants to leave their wife and they're giving you all the reasons they want to leave your, their wife. And you can hear the subtext that's you hearing their thoughts. Like if, if you tune into that and start to listen to that everywhere, because we've all been doing that since like 2012, some of us were doing it before, but like it came online in 2012 to, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, and then everyone got like crippling social anxiety and it started being very stressful for people to be in social situations and stuff. And they don't know why. And it's like, cause you can hear everybody and nobody taught you how to do that. Nobody taught you how to turn it off. Nobody taught you how to, uh, accept and allow it, you know? And so now everyone feels like a fucking liar. Everyone feels shady. It's because you haven't like, you have a gift now that you don't know that you have. You have an antenna that you weren't aware of and nobody has ever taught you about your other senses. And, uh, and so we're all just walking around with powers that we don't understand that are kind of a burden for us at this point. Sorry, that was a fucking long ramble. I really liked it though. There was so much in there. Like I wish I could just rewind it and listen again because like so many times I was like, I just wanted to cheer you on. Honestly, I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause I feel the same way. Like, uh, I actually had a, a chat with a friend of mine who's a very brilliant film director. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and plug him. If he, if he wants me to not mention their brand or whatever, I can take it out of the podcast later, but they're called Dominar films and they're here in Athens, Georgia, where I live. And, uh, and he was like, dude, man, you know, I know you're doing that stuff on YouTube. He's like, but dude, don't, you know, don't be like a guru thing, like whatever. And I was like, I totally get that. Cause first of all, you know, I want to be, uh, but this is ego too, right? Like I want to be accepted as creative, but like, but I, but I understand <laughs> like what, what happens when you take that sort of fourth wall away, but then I had to sort of reevaluate and say, but what does the world need and what do people need? And they do need a little bit of handholding on some of these concepts, or at least some people do, uh, or at least they've been asking for it. So I'm like, all right, I'm just going to make these videos. So I'm making like these little just breakdown sort of videos for the YouTube channel. And, uh, and that, uh, right about when I started doing that, Renee called me and said, and she's like the certified trans surfing, you know, uh, sort of for lack of a better word, like ordained over North America. She was trained by Vadim and she has contact with him and he wants to be like, you know, isolated in a way because he doesn't want this weird, you know, like celebrity, like, and, and to be honest with you, who does? Right. And I wouldn't trust anybody who wanted some weird celebrity. Like I don't trust any president, you know what I mean? Like right. I, I, who wants, that's just an ego feeding you know, just a, a big mess. And, you know, that's, it's going to backfire. Like it's not going to end well, you know? So, but I felt like yep. also like, what is like, and, and then I felt like, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway, even against my friend who I absolutely just adore him. And I think he's the most brilliant director. Um, and I was like, you know what, dude, like if God gets in your way, sometimes you just got to cut him, you know, it's like that kill bill deal. It's like, I got to do what I got to do. And I hope my friend doesn't respect me less. Cause I just put so much stock and importance on his opinion of me. But I mean, of course he doesn't, you know, he's like at the end of the day, man, you make your decisions. And I choose to go this, this more creative sort of artistic way. And there are plenty of people urging him to go more mainstream marketing and all of that kind of stuff, you know, for their business, because it is the, like they do music videos and features. And it's a tough, tough industry, especially now because they just did this, uh, they just did this like heartbeat bill. I don't know if you heard anything about that, uh, here in Georgia. Yeah. 
God. So, so I'm a TV person. I work in TV usually. And uh, when I got back, I got back from Coachella and then spent a few days in LA. So I got back in like May and I look for work, dude. I'm like, and, and I'm a coordinating producer. Like I'm pretty good at what I do. And uh, I can't find work because nobody's posting because everybody's like, nope, we're not going to work there anymore. And so there's this whole industry that's kind of reliant on film. And now you know, people aren't getting to work and I'm sitting here like, man, I don't have any fucking work. What am I going to do? And then Renee calls me and says, Hey, so I'm thinking of putting uh, a TV channel together. Uh, and, uh, you know, with like all these different instructors, some are Saudi, some are, you know, they're from all over the world. And so she's like, what do you think? And I was like, uh, I'm a coordinator. So just have them fill this form out and here's the grid. And, you know, like I do it, like I was casting a, a TV show, you know, and then I start uploading oh, wow. all my books to the Transurfing TV channel, which is going to be like, this is like sponsored by Transurfing TV or whatever this podcast. And I pitched her the podcast cause I thought it would be a really cool way to kind of get the message out more casually because that's what they want. They want people to learn how, these concepts without having to read you know, six books or whatever, you know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a big, <laughs> it's a big commitment to read it. But for me, I was like you, I was like, Oh my God, I know this. Oh my God, I know this. And some stuff, some of the stuff was definitely way over my head, but a lot of it, I was like, Oh my God, yes, I know this. I know this as I'm reading the book. And I just, I found the book and then I could only find like one audio book and it was read by some computer voice and it, I, I couldn't listen to it. And then, so I found like a PDF and I was like, well, this isn't available so I'm just going to start making it. And then I did not ask. I, actually, I did ask permission. I, I sent them an email, but I never heard a word back. You know, it's like it's a Russian publishing company. And uh, I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to do it because I just feel like I want to do it. And then when I put them up there, people started liking it and asking for more. So this whole thing was like completely organic. And so now I'm trying to just clarify some of these concepts so people can get it a little bit because there's just so much skepticism and I, that's good. That's why I love comics, by the way, you know, comics are the most yeah. skeptical people in the world, more than scientists, anybody like, and, uh, and so, you know, I, I just want to like, I want to be able to help people at the end of the day. I love to laugh and I love making people laugh. Cause that, like, there's something that just dissolves you, you know, when you laugh, it's, it's amazing. It's the best feeling in the world. So it's very special to me. And then when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a comedian and, but then I wanted to be taken seriously as an artist. Right. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the That's irony. A paradox. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just now came to the point where I'm like, I'm okay. I'm pursuing it now. And you know, as, as seriously as I can. Uh, but, uh, when she called me, I was like, okay, I know I need to do this. And so some other things that have been happening too. If you ever wanted to contribute something to the channel, of course, the offer is always extended your way. And, um, and, or if you know anybody who would, um, then of course they're welcome. Uh, but really just, you know, Renee and, and the Dean himself, he just wants the ideas out. I mean, I'm like, we're like giving this shit away, which is kind of outrageous. You know, I'm sure he's not worried about money, but maybe the publishing company, right? <laughs> they might. Yeah. I just, yeah, that was kind of the vibe I got, uh, when, um, because uh, Karen Rontowski is a, another comedian that's really into this. I actually, a week into reading it, because uh, I have a tendency to act like an expert on something five minutes after finding out it exists. <laughs> so I've done several, several reality transurfing podcasts already. I'm actually booked to go on Sam Tripoli's podcast again. It was supposed to be weeks ago, but we've had uh, schedule issues a couple times. So I'm going on there on the 17th, I think, to talk about reality transurfing. No way. That's amazing. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so excited. Um, He would love you to have you on. I'll have to tell him uh, next time you're in L.A. I don't know how often you come out here. Um, I haven't, uh, I haven't uh, been in a while, but we'll see. I, 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 yeah, I, he just... Just tell him thank you so much for being who he is. I just finished watching his specials too at the, from the Viper Room, which were which were really good. But I just you know when he told that guy to get our get out of our way, us little you know chintzy comics who are 
you know, <laughs> just just trying to with our mouths held open, just hoping something funny will fall in there. And he's like, dude, these guys want to watch the show too. get out of their way. You know, I was just and the, yeah, I was just like, dude, this guy is exactly who he is to me, you know? And so I just, yeah. I appreciate that. I, I, I'd love to go on at some point for sure. Um, I don't, I don't have anything in LA booked right now, but it, eventually I'll get back out there for sure. Um, and, uh, oh my God, it's, it's, it's so cool. It's so surreal to, to be able to, to talk to you about all this stuff. I really appreciate it, Jessa. I've got a, uh, a video series at alien school video series coming out. That is, uh, it took me a long time to figure out a way to do it. That wasn't new agey. And so it's a comedy like social media. It'd be like YouTube, uh, uh, me trying to do it's an investigation into whether or not I'm enlightened or schizophrenic. I love it. And, um, it's a mess, you know? So it's like the production stuff is a mess. I have a, a producer that thinks I'm, I don't really, it's just me. It's all me. I've been teaching myself how to, uh, make movies with my cell phone. And, um, but then I take comics and make comics do this shit. Like I end up down these rabbit holes on Reddit. I, nobody should have ever given me access to fucking Reddit. And so I get comics to do the two cup method. And then I get them to go on a rando knot. Do you know what that is? I don't know what a rando knot is. No. Um, I'll send you the link. So it's a group on Reddit and, uh, some scientists, I guess they say it's scientists. Uh, um, it's kind of like trying to short out the matrix or trick, trick the matrix by taking you somewhere that you would ordinarily never go. And so you send your, um, I can't remember what app it is. It's one of these like encrypted chat apps and, and there's a bot that you send your location to. And then the bot sends you a pin and you, you follow it to that location. And then there's clues there for you that you've, you've gone you've jumped timelines or whatever. I don't fully understand it. Which is, is it kind of like, like that Pokemon sort of game that they, that was so big a few years ago. Like, is it like that at all? Or they probably use that technology, but you're looking around for, for messages, right? It's for clues. And oh, okay, I get okay, messages okay. like this all the time. So it's perfect for me. So what happened was, is I was trying to jump timelines where I was uh, no longer in love because uh, love is a, a hell that I cannot bear. And, um, <laughs> I took Fiona Apple. I have to credit her for that. Um, I went to um, how I describe love, which I've now learned how I describe my activated attachment system, but that's a subject for another podcast, um, is being trapped in a house with no windows and no doors. It feels inescapable and uh, awful. And I'm just stuck with myself and I, and I am trapped and I can't get out. So I do the rando knot thing and I end up, the location is a house with no windows. I'm assuming it had a door, but you couldn't see it. And I took a picture of it. Like, I don't know. It was so dark outside. I don't know why it had no windows, but then outside of, and so the message there is that, yes, you have arrived outside of the house with no windows. You're outside of it. And then, um, on next to the trash can was like a 60 inch flat screen TV. And I didn't understand that message at the time. I did like a, a, a story on my Instagram as I was doing this adventure. I didn't understand that message until I started reading this book and then realized that in order for me to be on the outside of the house with no windows and no doors, I had to stop paying attention to the screen. I had to throw out the screen and, um, because it's definitely a movie playing, um, that I just have to stop paying attention to. And, uh, so that was my randonaut adventure. And then somehow that took me to, uh, cause the OA, did you watch season two of the OA? No, I have never seen it. Okay. Season one. Just, I promise, get to season two. Okay. Season two is basically a how to jump dimensions. Okay. And, um, but season one is really fucking weird. And it seems like there's a ton of unnecessary plot stuff. And there, it's just, yeah, it's, it's like she had season two in her head and then had to figure out how to get you ready for season two. So she wrote season one. But, um, anyway, 
Uh, that got me onto a Reddit for Cicada 3301, which is so obviously uh, people laying out clues that this is a video game. And uh, it's a really, it's another interesting rabbit hole. I don't, now I'm just on talking about Reddit rabbit holes. Oh, but so I'm going to get everybody, like comedians, to come uh, partake, like skeptics and stuff, to come partake in my different rabbit holes. So we're going to go on a random odd adventure. They're going to, they're going to jump cups. I'm going to read their birth charts. Um, I'm going to spit alien school knowledge, but with a, uh, you know, I'm going to run it past a therapist. <laughs> I love it. I love this idea. It's great. <laughs> That's the greatest thing about being a comic is it's like, you're the only one that can tell the truth. And then as soon as you do, you can just twist it and be like, Oh, well, brain tumor, right. uh, you know, uh, induced meth, you know, whatever, or, 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 or was it the, tr you know, and there's always that air of mystery, which I think, I think Vadim really appreciates probably too. It seems like he, that's how he yeah. insulates himself, you know? And I don't know. I, that is, I, I love that idea. I think it's absolutely great. And I cannot wait to see those. Those are going to be absolutely hilarious. Super niche too. Yeah. Those are coming out in a couple weeks. So I just have to finish, uh, editing. So awesome. So, um, people can find those on your YouTube channel then. Yes. Okay. So just Jessa Reed. So just, yeah. So, so just Jessa, Jessa Reed on YouTube and Jessa Reed comedy on Instagram. And you also have the Mormon and meth head podcast and that's all over the place. Um, and, uh, there's also a Facebook group for that, for people like me who are big fanboys of that show. And do you have a, pa a Patreon or anything like that? If people wanted to, uh, throw some of that like energy your way. Uh, yeah, Mormon and the Meth Head has a has a Patreon that has a bunch of uh, great bonus content. I can't I, I can't wait to see where all this continues to lead, you know, because the process is so much fun. But it's such a joy to be able to talk to you, and uh, I really enjoyed your uh, your Comedy Central. This is not happening, and any and all the other stand up clips that I found on uh, on you. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and you got to You got to let me know when you're in Atlanta and I promise I'll let you know when I'm in LA next. Um, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you so, so, so much for doing this. Jessa. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And that does it for this episode of the reality transurfing podcast. Be sure to check Jessa out on Instagram at Jessa Reed comedy. Watch her comedy central special meth p this is not happening uh i'll provide links in the show notes she's also doing tarot readings and she has another podcast called soberish as well uh, as well as the alien school uh episodes so yeah check her out uh be sure to check out vadim's website zealands.com uh, follow Renee on Instagram at reality underscore transurfing. You can follow me on Instagram at Bootsy Greenwood. And if you want to support production of the show, go to patreon.com slash Bootsy Greenwood. And uh, you can do it that way. Uh, would really appreciate that. That would be awesome. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode. And we'll see you guys next time. Till then, happy surfing. <laughs>